Welcome to the June 18th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, and the sermon is entitled, A Father's Plea, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I'm grateful that we gather to worship the Lord today. Grab your Bibles, go to the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 9. And I want to, as you turn there, I want to say happy Father's Day to those men that are here. Parental relationships are important to our kids. And the idea of a man or a godly man leading the family is very important, even in the family these days. And we know that as we gather on Father's Day and we celebrate that day, that this day may be extremely hard for some people. Some who have lost their father or maybe whose earthly father may not have represented the heavenly father very well. Maybe you are here today and you've never ever experienced the joys of being a father today. I want you to know in the back of my mind and deep down in my heart, I remember you. I pray for you because I know that that is difficult to celebrate Father's Day when that is on your heart. But today, as we think about a heavenly father that leads us and that guides our lives, I want you to know that I stand here and as a 15-year-old boy, I was saved because of the title of a sermon of a revivalist that came to preach that you need a father. And he knew, he knew I needed God the Father. On this Father's Day, we celebrate the earthly men, but we also look to our Heavenly Father who leads us in all areas of our life. Chapter number 9 in the book of Mark. As we open that together today, we see the beginning of that chapter, a mountaintop experience. It opens with Jesus and Peter and James and John on the mountaintop. On this mountaintop, Jesus would undergo a physical, change. It would bring into light the glory of who Jesus really is to the three men that were there with him. But it also would bring in the Old Testament heroes such as Elijah and Moses would appear on that mountain. We call that mountain the Mount of Transfiguration because it was in that moment God revealed himself through Jesus the Son. But here's, that's how the chapter opens and as you read through that, you're like, this is a pretty cool experience. This is pretty cool to read about to see what God is doing and and how God is developing his understanding to the closest of the disciples. But here's what I want to caution you. Church, most of the Christian life is not spent on the mountaintop. It's not basking in the glory of Jesus. Most of the way that we live our life has to be off of the mountaintop and in the valley where people are. Ministry does not happen on the mountaintop apart from the people of God. Ministry happens when you encounter people and when you minister to people and when you are with people. Oh Lord, I would want to be on the mountaintop by myself. God knows that in my heart. But ministry cannot happen to the world if we are satisfied on the mountain. And so as we pick up scripture, Jesus and those disciples are descending off of the mountain. Probably one of the greatest experiences in these disciples' lives. They are leaving that, and as they come down the mountain, guess what they run into? They run into arguing and bickering and discussion going on. That is what they're met with. How many of us would say, hey, I'm going back to the mountain. Forget this. Anybody ever come home to your kids and just say, hey, hey, I'm going back to work. I'm not ready to deal with this. All right, now you know what I'm 
I'm talking about, right? That's where we pick up Scripture. The middle of Mark's Gospel, chapter number 9 and verse number 14. Today I've titled this message, A Father's Plea. And out of this message today, I don't want you to hear the bickering. I want you to see it and know it's there. But I want you to meet a father who desperately needs Jesus Christ to touch he and his family's life. We pick up scripture, verse number 14, chapter 9, verse number 14. Here's what God's word says. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people when they beheld him were greatly amazed and running to him saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pinneth away. And I speak to thy disciples, and they should cast him out. But they could not. And he answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. The first point that I want to give you out of today's message is this. A father's plea is bring your children to Jesus. Bring your children to Jesus. As Jesus descended off of this mountaintop, he was quickly met with the discussion going on among the day, among the people in the village. It was questioning between the disciples that were not on the mountain and the scribes that were there. But I want you to know as they, they entered this moment, ministry became a little bit harder. As people see Jesus coming off of the mountain, they flock to him. And they gather around them. And there was a discussion. I believe it was more like an argument of the day. And that argument that was going on was this. Why could the disciples not heal? So the scribes were probably poking fun and saying, Hey, you can't do what you claim you can't. Your God can't heal this little boy. Jesus and the three disciples descended the mountain and entered into that discussion. And Jesus quickly says, what, what questions do you have with them? Why are you asking them questions? What's going on here? I don't know if any of you have kind of entered some of those situations where you know something heated is going on. You don't know exactly what's going on, but you've got to know the details. And Jesus says this, give me the details. As they began in verse number 17, one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. There's a father that shows up and he is the central point of the discussion. He and his boy, because the disciples can't heal him and the scribes are making fun of him. Jesus says, what's going on? And as Jesus is trying to get to the bottom of exactly what is going on, the father begins to describe what is happening in the life of his son. In verse number 17, he says he's got a spirit within him. And that spirit where takes him wherever he wants to. And he tears him and he foams at the mouth. He gnashes with his teeth and it pins him down. And the father just simply says, I, I ask your disciples to take care of my son. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. As Jesus takes control of the situation, he knows exactly what's going on. But I want you to see this. The father knew where to bring his son. And verse number 17, he says, Master, I brought my son unto thee. I brought you my son. There's nobody else that can, can feel. There's nobody else that can deal with him. Jesus, Master, you are the one that can take care of him. In the crowds, as Jesus says in verse number 19, Oh, 
faithless generation. Who exactly is Jesus calling a faithless generation? Is it the scribes? Absolutely. Is it his own disciples? Absolutely. Could it be the father of this little boy? Absolutely. But here is what I want you to see. Jesus shows up at the right time. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the struggle, Jesus shows up. And here's what Jesus says. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. As I think about those words, think about my job as a father and how inadequate I am at bringing my children to Jesus on a regular basis. Now listen, don't bring your children to Jesus just when there is a quote-unquote problem going on. Our building this morning, thanks be to God, is filled with young lives that should be brought before the Lord every single day. Mamas and daddies, pray for your children long before the problems come. You don't just bring your children to Jesus when something is wrong. Bring them before Him every single day. Today, today we need to, to know that the issues of life will affect not only us, but they are going to affect our children. And so don't wait for those issues to come along. Get ahead of the game. Pray to the Lord for His leading over your children's lives. Pray for them to know Jesus. Pray for them to love Jesus. Pray for them to meet Jesus. Pray for them to say yes to Jesus. Pray for them to have godly families. Pray for them to be faithful. We can go on, friends. We have a lot to pray about for our young people today. The greatest need in all the world is not a physical need. The greatest need in all the world is the spiritual need of Jesus Christ and the hurting heart. And friends, we we must be willing to bring them before the Lord. But I also want you to see a second thing here. There is a hurting world around us. And there are people all around us that need the Savior, Jesus Christ. And as those people are hurting, it's not the physical that we must meet. We start there. But more importantly, we need to get to the spiritual. And friends, listen, outside and even inside of these doors, the world is hurting and it is affecting us and what we do. And so friends, I want you to see a world that is hurting, looking for somebody to help them. We have the answer. The third thing I want you to see before I move on is these disciples were not using their abilities in a faithful manner. They lacked faith, and we'll get to that at the end of the sermon. On their end, they lacked faith. And here's what happens. We get the mindset we've done it once, and then we quit depending on God to help us do it again. And so as these disciples have healed in the past, now they cannot do it any longer. And at the end, we'll get to their questioning. But I want you to see disciples. I want you to see people that believe in Jesus saying, there's nothing we can do. God forbid. God forbid that be our answer as Christians here today. We don't have the answer. I want you to know there is a faithless generation, but it must be met by faith in Christ Jesus. Point number one today, bring your children to Jesus. Point number two, let's move on, verses 20 through 22. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came? 
came unto him. And he said of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Point number two today, a father's plea. The enemy wants to destroy. The enemy wants to destroy. As that boy steps up to Jesus, guess what? The demon is still there and he takes over. And this boy begins to go into convulsions and he falls to the ground and he begins to foam at the mouth. And if that happened in today's time, I'm going to be honest with you, many would just back away. But as Jesus knows what is going on in this little boy's life, he asks a very simple question. How long has this been going on? How long has this been going on? I'm going to step away from my notes real quick and just say this. Friends, there's some issues, maybe even in the room, that's been going on a long time. Here's what Jesus, Jesus knows the answer to the question. Okay? Jesus knows the answer, but he wants the crowd to understand that a miracle is about to take place. He wants those that were bickering and arguing and discussing why this couldn't happen. He wanted them to hear that this boy had been suffering since he was a little child. He wanted that crowd to hear, hey, this family has been experiencing this torment for a long, long time. And as this father opens up about just some of the details that he's been dealing with, Jesus just wanted those that were around him to hear. I want to say this. There's a lot going on. And until somebody cracks the door and lets you into their life, you really don't know what people are dealing with. I'm looking at a, a, a bunch of smiling people today. But here's the truth of it. Your pastor doesn't really know everything that you're going through. And you're looking at a man smiling back at you. And you don't really know what I'm dealing with. Unless we break open the door. And as this man stands before the Lord Jesus Christ, he opens the door and he says, My family's been going through a lot since this little boy was a kid. And he begins to pour out the details. And I want you to hopefully see a father's heart on the pages of Scripture. Look at verse uh, number 21. You say, see at the end of that, he's been dealing with this since he was a child, a since he was a child. Could you imagine as a father or even a mother today that you see your child dealing with evil spirits ever since they were born? Now, there are some things that your families and my family are dealing with. And we can chalk them up to whatever, but Satan has a hand there. The enemy has a hand. But I want you to see the word in verse number 22, the beginning of it. It says, and oft times... It hath cast him in the fires and into the waters. We read that, and if you've done it like me, as I sat down at my desk, I said, oh man, it's bad when that demon takes over and throws you in fire and water and tries to kill you. But I circled a word in my Bible, and I encourage you to do the same thing often or oft times. This happens very often. This demon would cast this boy into water or fire. Could you imagine... Could you imagine your child being thrown and taken and controlled by an evil spirit? Often that it would be trying to take their life. I circled another word in my Bible. And it's in the verse number 22. Three simple words. To destroy him. 
I circled the word, word destroy. As much as this father wanted to help his son, the evil spirit had him in such a way that it wanted to destroy him. I don't know what that's like. But here's what daddy says. At the end of the verse, daddy says, Jesus, if you can do anything, I underline those two words. If you can do anything, please have compassion on us and help us. It's not help the boy anymore. Do you see that? Scripture says, I want you to have compassion and help us. We can't deal with this anymore. I hope today you see a vivid picture of a family destroyed by an evil spirit that is within. Not only one life, a father's heart says, Jesus, if you can do anything, anything will make it better than what I currently have. Now, I don't want to preach doom and gloom, but maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you sit here today and you know of a situation that Jesus can do anything, it would make it better. I'm going to fast forward just, just one second. Because there's a difference in anything and Jesus being able to do all things. Look at verse number. Now listen, here's where our mindset's. The dad asks for anything. But here is Jesus' response in verse number 23. Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So many times as Christians, we are satisfied with the anything or with the small thing or with something when God wants to pour out everything that he has in his power to help you. I got, I got three people that agree with me there. Friends, listen. We shortchange God. And there are so many times a father's plea a father's plea or a mother's plea says, God, you've got to do something or else I can't take it anymore. And here's what Jesus says. If you'll believe me, if you'll trust me, if you'll have faith, all things, all things are possible to him that believes. You can fill in the blanks. On a weekly basis, Lives being destroyed by blank. You fill in the blanks. Drugs, mental illness, gambling, money problems, murder. The enemy is in it all. Murder just this week knocked on the community door on Wintergreen Mountain. It's here. And we can sit here and, and shake our head and say, hey, We've got problems all around us. But here's what I want to ask you. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I'm not going down that trail. I want you to know that. That's not the place today. Here's what I want you to know. The enemy is here. He's not necessarily in here, but he's knocking at the door. And the Bible says the enemy wants to destroy. A father's plea sees his child being destroyed by the enemy, and he brings him to Jesus. Let's move on. Verses 23 and 24. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. 
Help thou mine unbelief. Point number three of a father's plea today is a father's heart that just simply says, Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. As Jesus responds, faith produces the impossible. And this earthly father wanted anything. And the heavenly father offers all things through faith. How faithless are we to ask for just a portion of what God wants to do. Faith in the Lord produces the impossible. If you remember in scripture from Luke chapter 1 verse number 37. The angel tells Mary for with God. Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. So today we look at situations and we want to try to grab control of them. But I want you to see an earthly father that has absolutely zero control over the most important people in his life. And he brings them to Jesus. And all he says is this, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. How many would it be so kind enough to say or so honest enough to say today, Lord, there are areas or there are things in my life that I don't trust you to take care of. So I'll do it. I'll deal with it. I'll handle it. When you do that, you're telling Jesus, I don't trust you. I'm going to take care of, of what I need to, and I'll, I'll take care of that, and I'll do this. Jeffrey has a bad habit of doing that. You can ask my wife. I don't ask for help. I'm not a beggar. That was last week's sermon. I'm not a beggar, okay? I'm not going to beg you for money, and I'm not going to beg you to help me. If nobody helps me, Jeffrey will do it, and I'm not going to ask again. That's a, that's a bad part of me. Because when it comes in my relationship with God, I said, okay, God, I'm impatient. I'm going to handle it now if you won't. This is probably the most important thing that God has told me. That we have to trust Him in the areas that we have doubts or unbelief. We have to be man enough to stand up and say, God, there's things that I cannot do. But I need you to take care of them in my life. And I trust you to do that. Maybe today there is a man in this room that normally does not ask for help. But maybe today they will say, Lord Jesus, I need you. That'll be the, that'll be the manliest thing you've ever done in your life. Because men don't ask for help. Today, in a mindset of fix it, try to make it right, try to do it all ourselves. There is a God who controls all things. And so many times we settle for the anything because we don't have faith enough to believe for everything. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge families today just to say this. Help me, Jesus, in the areas where my faith is weak or my faith is non-existent. But you have to be honest enough before a holy God to say, help me. Can you imagine this man, and not only in front of the Lord Jesus Christ, but in front of all the audience, falling to his knees, tears running down his face and saying, God, help me where I don't believe. 
The moment that he says that, that's the last recorded words we hear of this father. A father's last plea in scripture is to help me where I don't believe. The story goes on through verse 29, 25 through 29. Let's finish it out together today. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the vile spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that he may... That many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. The last point today, a father's plea. Faith is more than a formula. Faith is more than a formula. As I said, no other, no other words are recorded from this desperate father. As he is honest before the Lord Jesus Christ, as he reveals it all to the crowd that gathers around, the crowd begins to push in even further and grow even more. And Jesus simply commands the Spirit to come out of this boy. But not only that, listen to me, I want you to make note of this. He not only commands the Spirit to come out, but he also commands the spirit to never enter again. That's important. Because the spirit has no more dominion over where his territory once was. Jesus has control now. And one last act, that spirit cries out as it comes out of the body. It causes the little boy to convulse again. And people thought that this little boy has now died. I can, I can, I can hear the murmuring now, Jesus just killed the boy. Jesus just called the boy to die, caused the boy to die. And as Jesus takes that boy's hand and lifts him up, he was a different child than he'd ever been in his whole life. Things were different. And we're not given any detail, and I'm not going to put any detail in that. But as that boy got up, he was different in mind and body and in spirit than he'd ever been. Where death was once present, life had become the inhabitant. Now, today, the question, as the disciples ask, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we do the job? We've done it before, and now confusion stirs in in the disciples' minds. As earlier, he clearly mentioned faithlessness. But now he adds two things in verse number 29. These, uh, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. The disciples of the faith are important, are important to this story because I see myself in their shoes. In this story, I can see myself in the father's shoes. I can see myself in the son's shoes because I once was not, I once did not belong to Christ. I had evil that inhabited my heart. But I also can see myself in the disciples' place. And in the disciples' place, they asked the question, why couldn't we do this? The disciplines of the faith. 
are important. Because of our faith in Christ day by day, your Bible is important and prayer meeting is important. And even fasting to focus on God's will is important in your life. And so here's what I want you to know. Prioritize the things of God. That's the message here. He was telling the disciples, you get so busy, caught up, and and you forget, I'm the one. It's not you. You can do nothing apart from me. And friends, today, we can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's just hot air apart from Jesus Christ, what you're hearing today. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Prayer meeting. It's important. But what part of our life are we looking at and saying, God, God, I need you to use this. God, I I would like you to reveal yourself through this area in my life. Is our prayer life strong enough to bring our children to Jesus and capable to depend on him for everything that we need? Faith is more than a formula. It's more than just read and pray and read and pray and read and pray. It's a lifestyle that allows the Lord Jesus to take over and say, God, it's yours. I can do nothing apart from you. Faith has to be more than a formula or an action or just a ritual that we do. Today on this Father's Day, I pray the Lord's Holy Spirit will minister to every heart that is here, not just dads. But maybe there's a a family here, maybe there's a dad here that out of your comfort zone, maybe you do it right where you are, maybe you walk down this aisle, I'm not trying to pull, pull you and tell you what to do. Maybe you come before the Lord and say, God, it's yours. I've done everything, I've asked for anything, but I trust you to do all things. To help in this situation. Today, a father's plea of bringing your family to the Lord of destruction and and the enemy is there to destroy. A reminder of an area of unbelief, but also a reminder that faith and through faith in Jesus Christ, all things are possible. That's what this father's life shows to us today. That through all things and through Christ, everything is possible. Today, I don't know what the Lord is going to do at this moment of invitation. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him the time to work. And I pray that you will too. The greatest need, maybe even in this room today or watching live stream, is the need for Jesus Christ to live in the heart. Not necessarily to change yet, but to to take over the heart. Today, if there's somebody in this room that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, He paid the price through His precious blood for your sin. Through His death on the cross, He gave His life to have a relationship with you. Through His death, burial, resurrection, you can have life and life eternal, access to an eternal God if you just say yes. Today, there may be a heart. There may be a a miracle greater than the one we just read about that needs to happen right now if somebody will just say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Fathers, 
Look at me real quick. What a job we have to be the spiritual leaders of our home, but to constantly bring our kids before the Lord. Mothers, grandparents, thank you. If it was not for a godly mother, I would not be where I am today. Thank you. But today, can we honor the Lord in this moment of invitation and just surrender to Him everything that needs to? Maybe even a heart needs to be surrendered in this place today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, Lord, thank you for a moment of worship. Thank you for a moment of your word. Lord, through your word, Lord, I I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will begin to convict hearts and lives in this place. Lord, start with me. Lord, bring me to my knees. Father, without you, we are incapable. But I pray, Lord, that you will press upon our hearts the need of a Savior, the need of a life-changing power, the need to show the world and those who are mocking and doubting and questioning who Jesus is. God, we have the answers. God, I pray that you would impress upon our heart the need of the world for a Savior and for the love through Jesus Christ. Lord, today, we give you this moment of invitation and in every life that is represented here today, Lord, I pray that you move in that life, that you draw them closer to you, Lord, and through your Holy Spirit, Lord, that there may be salvation for one person. That invitation is to come today. Thank you. We give you this moment to do your business and the work of this people. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.